0: a great joy for us to be together, and thank you for being a part of the Hope family. As you tune in, just don't be an observer. I hope you've been worshiping with the worship community. I hope the presence of God is filling the atmosphere that you're in right now. And if you haven't already, push like, push love, push share. Who knows the good news that someone would get if you just would share the love of God by sharing this Message. Just push share. We are in a special series called Summer in the Psalms. Last week, Pastor Holly brought a great message from Psalm 62. And today, we're picking up Psalm 34. And we're going to talk about the blessing of taking a break. The blessing of taking a break. Many of the Psalms were written by David the psalmist. And if you thought of David, that shepherd king's life, what would you think would be the most famous story of David's life? Probably David and Goliath. An incredible victory for a young man. He comes against a giant that he couldn't defeat in his own strength or his own power, but the anointing of God was on his life. And do you know what the anointing of God does? The anointing of God brings victory. And he defeated Goliath, but it was only a short while after that he goes from Goliath to Gath. Here's what happened. Psalm 34 is an incredible story of David's journey. The psalm begins like this. It has a little preface, a little preface to it, and the words aren't verse one. This is not verse one, but this is what the context of Psalm 34 is. Here it is. David writes this psalm out of his experience when he pretended to be insane, when he pretended he was crazy, because of. King Abimelech. Who is King Abimelech? And why was David pretending he was insane? Well, here's what happened. David went from Goliath, and he was famous after defeating Goliath. And King Saul became jealous because they were singing a song all over the nation about how Saul is a great warrior, but... David, he is the man. Uh, Saul, can, he can take care of thousands, but oh, David, he can take care of tens of thousands. Saul became jealous, and he became filled with murder. He wanted to kill David, so David is on the run. And you can read this story in 1 Samuel 21. He got this idea. I'm going to run from Saul and I'm going to go to the hometown of Goliath. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm going to leave my own country, the place where people know me and are supporting me, and I'm going to go to the hometown of Goliath, because I'll really be loved there. People will really support me in the whole... I've just defeated their hometown champion. I've just defe- I'm going to go to Goliath's hometown. And that's where King Abimelech was king. And he was there and somebody said, I recognize you, David. I recognize you from the battle. You are the one who defeated our main man, Goliath. You're the one. And so they put David in house arrest. And he knows, man, King Saul is against me. Now King Abimelech is against me. He's lost his way. He's moved from the victory the anointing he had over Goliath to this terrible place called Gath. Now, I'll tell you, friend, the Lord wants to keep you. He wants to keep his church. He wants to keep this church family in victory. He wants there to be an anointing of victory in our hearts every single day. But so many of us take the journey from Goliath, the victory, to Gath. When he was in Gath, he was in house arrest, and he, he comes up with this literally crazy idea. I'm going to pretend to be insane. He writes crazy stuff on the walls. He drools into his beard. Finally, the king says, man, this guy's, this guy's lost it. I don't need any more crazy men around here. And he kicks him out. So here's David's journey from Goliath to Gath, an incredibly stress-filled, broken place, back to God. And that's what Psalm 34 is. Psalm 34 is written when he pretended to be insane. When Abimelech said, you're too crazy for us. Do you know that stress makes people do crazy things? Especially in this season that we're in. I watched... I watched two friends recently duke it out on Facebook, nasty words, harsh words. By the end of the conversation, they both had unfriended each other and they both had blocked each other because of the stress and they lost focus. I would say, they say, who won the fight? I'll tell you who won the fight, the devil. Because here are two people, Jesus-loving, spirit-filled people, now not walking in love. And Jesus said the very thing that we should be known about in the church of Jesus is our love for one another. But somehow, they were not living in victory. They were acting a little crazy, I would say. So we need to study this psalm. We need to get the principles of life out of this psalm. And here's what I'm encouraging you to do, to take a break. When you feel that you are at the breaking point of your life, take a break. That's what David needed to do. He was out from now, the city of Gath, he's taking a break. And what does he do? He does what all of us need to do. He does what the church needs to do regularly, connect with our Creator. Open our heart to the Lord, and he opens his heart to the Lord, and that's where Psalm 34 comes from. I want to encourage you to not be broken by life, not be broken by stress, not be broken by fear, but take a break. And here's what we learn in Psalm 34. When you feel like you're at a breaking point, take a break. Take a break and give thanks. David shifts his atmosphere of insanity. And he begins by just saying... I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to get my focus off of King Saul. I'm going to get my focus off of King Abimelech. I'm going to get my focus off of Gath. I'm going to just take a break and put my focus on the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Take a praise break. Maybe just where you are, right? Just just take right now and just say praise the Lord. Now, to praise the Lord at all times doesn't mean that every second sentence when you're at work and when you're going about doing life is, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, bless the Lord. No, but it does mean what comes out of your mouth is good, is pure, is positive. You're not a person of complaint and negativity. You're not filled with fear. What is coming out of you during this season is faith because you've taken a break from the insanity. You've connected with your heavenly Father. And here's why it's so important. Verse 2 says, let the afflicted hear. Here's what happens. What comes out of your mouth is received by the people around you. And there are a lot of afflicted people people who are down, people who are discouraged, people who are being overwhelmed by stress themselves. When it comes to Facebook, some people are even getting off Facebook because of all of the insanity. I've decided I'm going to stay on social media. I'm going to open up my Facebook or whatever social media platform. I'm just going to say, Lord, what can I say that's encouraging? What can I say that is good and pure and positive? What's the word of the Lord for this person? Let the afflicted hear, out of your mouth comes gratitude. And here's what happens. It pulls them in. It literally brings a shift in the atmosphere of your home, of your business, with your work uh, mates that are with you. You can shift the atmosphere by letting the good, the pure, the positive, the praises of God Fill the atmosphere. Let the afflicted hear. They're going to listen to what you say. Verse 2, verse 3. Hey, let's praise His name together. You're going to shift what comes out of them. Let this be a week where we bless the Lord at all times. We're encouraging this week for you to just take a moment each day. Each day, open up your email, send a text, post something on Facebook towards somebody that says, I'm grateful for, and fill in the blank. Could be a praise to God. I'm grateful that God never leaves us. It may be, I'm grateful for, and maybe your favorite verse. I'm grateful for, and maybe something about that person, but let's take a break and let's give thanks. That shifted the atmosphere in David's life. The second thing was, he just, he gave up being afraid. Now, when he faced Goliath, he wasn't filled with fear. He had incredible faith. Why? Because he wasn't focused on Goliath's strength. He was focused on God's strength. And he goes on to say, hey, when I focus on the Lord, not on Gath, not on King Saul trying to kill me, but when I focus on the Lord, He delivers me from all my fears. What fear does is it it narrows down our view of life to just a a little small issue. Saul is against me. Uh, King Abimelech is against me. What faith does, it opens up. You start to see the work of the Lord. See what this verse says? In verse uh, 4, it says, He delivers me from all my fears... And then verse 7 says, um, if you fear the Lord, well, there's two fears. If you fear King Abimelech, if you fear Saul, you're going to end up in defeat. But if you'll fear the Lord, that's a good thing. Here's the, these are two different words. The word fear of the Lord and the word delivering me from all my fears. Uh, the word that's used in verse 7, is a word uh, that is translated most often afraid, but the second most uh, translation of this word into the English is is awe, or awesome. And here's the concept. When you look small at things, you can be afraid. But if you would open up a little bit, if if you would take a bigger view, you'll just find out how awesome God is. When you see how awesome God is, it delivers you from all your fears. Take a break. That's what worship does. That's what our prayer time does. That's what our opening our heart to God does. It opens our vision to say, God is awesome. When David stepped onto the field against Goliath, he was thinking about the awesomeness of God. But Somehow he lost his way because of stress because of the circumstance of King Saul and King Abimelech, and now he's drooling into his beard, and he's writing crazy stuff on the wall. He has to return to see the Lord is awesome. And when you see the Lord is awesome, it will deliver you from all your fears. The psalm goes on to say you need to have your soul strengthened, and here's David's journey from Goliath to Gath back to God, I love this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, this, is, this is something we need to capture in our journey. That we're not just here to talk about God. We're here to experience God. There's a world of difference. Have you ever watched a, a cooking show? Have, have you ever watched a cooking show when you're really hungry? And you watch it. You watch the technique of preparation. And they discuss the food. And that's how some people have church. They get together and they watch and they discuss and they they think about the techniques and the theology of God. But David is calling us to experience God. Oh, taste! That's an experience. What is your favorite food in all the world? Mmm. It's an experience. If you have that memory, that's an experience. Chocolate. That's an experience. And he says, listen, I want to call you to experience God in your stress and your brokenness. Oh, taste and see. What's God been doing? When you start to see what God has been doing in these days, you're not filled with insanity. You're filled with faith. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you have that type of trust in God, you lack nothing. And then verse 10 is like an explanation of that principle. He said, the young lions do lack and grow hungry. They should be strong, but if they're not being nourished, here's the picture, when you're not being nourished, you're going to feel hungry, and sometimes you'll start looking For the wrong stuff in the wrong place at the wrong time because you're hungry. And David is saying, I was in that jail cell, I was under arrest in Gath, and I started to, I was hungry for, and I decided I was gonna be crazy. That, That was just craziness. I should have come back to the Lord. I should have tasted the Lord. I should have remembered the Lord. I should have said, oh yeah, He helped me delete, defeat Goliath. He's going to help me at this time. I should have been experiencing God rather than living in fear. Those who seek the Lord lack no good things. So it could be a hunger in your soul today. Take a break. Open your heart. Maybe you need to watch this Ministry again. Maybe you need to experience the worship again. Maybe you need to experience the Word again. Open your heart and taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he goes on. You just have to see the big picture. He calls it the fear of the Lord. We've already talked about that. That's like the awesomeness of God. Just to back up for a moment. When we read God's Word and we see the mighty hand of the Lord able to do all things, it helps us to take a bigger picture of God. Rather than get caught up in our stress, it lets us see the big picture. Have you ever uh, driven along and you'll see on the side of the road, maybe you've been on your vacation, and it'll say, a scenic view. Are you the kind of, do you pull off, and, or do you just rush by all those scenic views? Some people are in such a rush in life, they never pull off and capture the scenic view of God. They're always driving in traffic. I've got to get there. I've got... That's what happened when David lost his way. That's how he ended up in Gath, pretending he was crazy. He was just driving, driving, driving. He needed to stop. He needed to taste and see that the Lord is good. He had to pull off to the side of the road and get the scenic view and go, oh my God. The Lord is awesome when you see that the Lord is awesome, you get a big picture of life. That big picture of a life fills you with faith. So that's the journey that David took from Goliath, the victory to the brokenness of Gath. But there's a journey back home. When you find yourself being broken, take a break. Let me call, let me just call you just like David. Hey, listen, listen, friends, listen, children of God, listen to me. He's like, please listen, listen to me. I want to teach you the fear of the Lord. I want you to see the big picture of life. Here's what the big picture does. It just promotes honesty. (laughs) Lying is a shortcut. Dishonesty is a shortcut. There were times in David's life that he took the shortcut. He was dishonest. When you see the big picture of life, you want to have long-term relationships. You want to have healthy relationships. You don't lie in the moment because generally those lies come to the surface, you take the big picture. It promotes honesty. He says, keep your lips from speaking lies. Keep your tongue from evil. It changes your conversation. When we see the big picture of life, it just promotes peace. (laughs) Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We see that when you see the fear of the Lord, you're not on that wheel of just evil. and You can always tell when people are off track. High drama people. It's always going wrong, always a mess. When you slow down, pull off to the scenic view, take time to taste and see that the Lord is good. See the awesomeness of God. It brings a peace to your soul. It turns the table on troubles. Oh, this, When you cry out to the Lord, He hears you. What a beautiful promise. And He delivers you. And I love this. Not from some of your troubles, but from all of your troubles. Not 50% of your troubles, but all of your troubles. When you see the awesomeness of God, when we walk together as a community of faith, experiencing the presence of God, the anointing of God, this is what brings victory. Why was David successful on the battlefield with Goliath? Because he was walking in the anointing of God. He lost that. He lost as that conscious awareness of God. And he says, I'm in prison now. I'm in a Gath, and they've discovered who I am and I'm going to drool. I'm going to solve my own problems. He forgot the presence of God. So I'm just calling you to come back to experience and know, taste and see that the Lord is good. He will deliver you from all your troubles. He'll turn things around. Then the last thing he says is this. I'll be the closest friend you ever had. When you see a clear picture of who God is, He'll be the closest friend you ever have. He wants to be the closest friend to this church community. He wants to be the closest friend to the family of hope. He wants His anointing, His glory to be upon His people. And the Lord promises, I will be close to those who are brokenhearted and I will save those who are crushed in spirit. This was Dave's turnaround from Goliath's victory, which was wonderful, and we can move from victory to defeat very quickly. Just because you are victorious at one moment of your life doesn't guarantee it all that way. You have to keep walking with the Lord. And what the Lord is calling the church to, what the Lord is calling the people of God to, is to not try to solve our own problems. That's what David did. I'm going I'm to write crazy things on the wall, and I'm going I'm to pretend... That's, he was, Pretend I'm crazy. I'm going to solve my own problems. Who solved the problem in the valley with Goliath? It was God. God could have taken care of David every step of the way, and God can take care of you every step of the way. If you're in a season where you're brokenhearted, and I think every one of us goes through a brokenhearted experience sometime in our life, a a loss, a broken relationship, a, a season of grief, Here's the promise. The Lord says, I will be the best friend you ever had. See who I am. Know my presence. Taste and see that the Lord is good and he will bring healing to your broken heart. And I would say that all of us, myself included, all of us are born with a broken heart. The Bible says that when we are born, and David said it, born in iniquity, my heart was broken. I was separated from God. But Jesus Christ came to be the closest friend that you ever had. He came to take your broken heart and put it back together. He sat with Nicodemus one day and said, Nicodemus, pretty much your heart is broken. You need to be born again. You need life. Your heart, your spiritual heart is not working properly, Nicodemus. You need a healing. And I've come to bring a healing to your heart. And you can experience Christ's presence today. He can heal your heart doesn't matter how far you've drifted from God. doesn't matter if you got into some craziness. David was in some craziness. God will come into your heart. He will put things back together again, and He will heal your soul. I want to encourage you right now, open your heart to Jesus. Simply say, God, I need you in my life. Jesus, I need you in my life. I repent of my sins and I, I, I let go of my sins. And Lord, I turn towards you. I ask for your forgiveness and your grace and your love and your mercy. And God will fill you with all of those things. Just say, Jesus, I want to follow you all the days of my life. It doesn't matter if you've got off track. That's what David, victorious at Goliath's battle, defeated in Gath, but he made a comeback. And you can do the same thing. You can come back to God. That's the story of the 34th psalm there is hope there is redemption and god will put all of the pieces back together again and he did it in david's life and he can do it in your life oh taste and see that the lord is good hey if you're saying yes to god today for the first time or for the first time in a long time we'd love you to text the word yes to our text number nine four one 260-1321. 2601321. Just let us know, we'll send you a free ebook. We want you to grow in the Lord. We want you to be a part of what God is doing in this generation, and we want to walk together in faith and hope and love. I really pray the Lord's blessing will be with you today and every day. God loves you, we love you, and we know that there's hope for your future. Hey, let's keep defeating Goliaths. Let's not be defeated in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus.